0: Hello, my name is Solon Parite, and you are listening to Beyond Religion, where we discuss God in all aspects of our human lives. I have an interesting discussion for you today. I will be engaging the Dean of the School of Theological Studies at Dominion University College in a discussion on the topic, Tithing is not the problem. I'll bring you more details after the break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Hello, I'm Sarah Nakwa and I love Solomon's Beyond Religion podcast. Hi, my name is Mamufwa. I listen to Beyond Religion for my weekly dose of inspiration and biblical knowledge. Hi, my name is Michelle from Toronto, Canada, and I love Solomon's Beyond Religion podcast. Check it out. Welcome back to Beyond Religion. So as said earlier, Today, we are going to discuss the topic, Tithing is not the problem, as controversial as it sounds. Yes, that's what we'll be discussing today. And uh, what we're going to do is, we're going to probe the homiletical and pedagogical approaches adopted by Pentecostal and contemporary Pentecostal churches, by contemporary Pentecostal and charismatic churches, you know. All right, so to to help you do this, um, I have with me my lecturer and my dean, and I'll reserve the name for later. And he's the acting dean of the School of Theological Studies of Dominion University College. Dominion University College. He is um, the author of the popular and controversial book, but controversial in in a good way. And I mean, if I mention the title, you understand why it says controversial. The title of the book is, how did polygamy become a sin? How did polygamy become a sin? And if, if you've not read that book, I think you should be able to get a copy. There, there are some copies available. So um, get a copy and read it. It's an interesting book. Um, interestingly, he's married to one wife. Okay, and has three strong sons. All right, my, my, my guest for today is Reverend Daniel Eshan. Rev. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you me. very much. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Beyond Beyond Religion. Uh, so we, we today we're going to discuss the topic. Um, Tithing is not a problem. Uh, right. One of the most sensitive issues in contemporary Christianity. I mean, it, I wonder not even say contemporary Christianity uh, since since the inception of Christianity, this has been one of the most sensitive issues and doctrines of the Christian faith. Right. And it's like a go a no go no go area because the moment you raise it, is either you are rebellious or you are being possessed by the devil to disrupt the finances of the church. Uh, there are so many. Well, it depends on where you stand. Yes, yes, based on the denominations we are are dealing with. So, before we start, um, I just um, ask you to introduce yourself, I have done that, but to hear from the host's own mouth, to introduce yourself to the general public. Well, Um, my name is uh, Reverend Shen,
1: I'm the acting dean of the School of Theological Studies, Mm -hmm. Dominion University College, and the author of the book, Christian Marriage, How Did
0: Polygamy Become a (laughs) Sin? How the folly can become a sin. We'll do that later. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. So, here you go. How is the family? God's grace. We are Mm. doing great. Mm. And the beautiful Pauline. You guys saw that the back of the book. Yes. The beautiful Pauline. All right. So, Rev, um, like I said earlier, the topic of discussion is how. nearly said how did polygamy come a <laughs> but typing is not the problem right. and before we start i would like to read some of the facebook posts that i had when i posted on this this topic and uh, some people wrote some interesting stuff that i would like to i would like to read it to set the foundation right. uh, one 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 guy called francis aponsan he said one of the reasons many christians do not give or tithe anymore is because over a long period of time They have not experienced the blessings as promised. Again, they expect instant manifestation of those blessings and where there is delay of the expectation they give up. Many should be taught that manifestation of expectation could delay due to hindering factors in the natural. They should know that manifestation doesn't just happen, there are things we do to cause manifestation. Then he gave the example of Elijah. Elijah himself had to go to the mountain to engage in fervent prayers to cause the manifestation of the promised rain. That God had promised certain blessings when we tithe does not mean they will just manifest without our contribution. That's his view. Another lady called Esther, I still said that um, one of the reasons why people do not tithe anymore, mm-hmm. or uh, there's a huge number of people who are not tithing, is the case of overfed shepherd and hungry sheep. Case of effect that's controversial overfed shepherd and hungry sheep. And the one guy called Brown Road Problem GA, she said, personally. I think tithing when viewed through Christ's personality is just one way of giving to the church and this must be made clear to the believer in love. But when preached in the context of Malachi, it becomes difficult to marry its repercussions and what the gospel stands for. What happens to Tetelesta and the freedom of the believer in the book of Galatians? Suddenly the believer is cursed when he feels to tithe and pay offerings correctly. Anytime tithing is preached in the context of the law and from Calvary, it dents the finished work of Calvary. Can a saved person be still accused? That's his view. Yeah. These this are really That's strong, cool. yeah. really, really strong, 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 strong views. All right, so before before we start, I would like to lay down the principles of our discussion. All right. I, I just wrote this, so I will not I will not pretend as if I have it in my head. I will read it out. And what I have what I wrote here is we must understand that our relationship with God is spiritual first, not logical or intellectual. It is by faith that we connect to God and it is by faith that God works in us both to will and to do his good pleasures. However, it is also by the authenticity of his word that true faith is developed and by which true worship is possible. When the lens of our faith is bled and uh, is blurred with genuine or conscious falsehood, our practice of faith is done in error and our worship is performed in ignorance and falsehood. So it is important that to the extent that the Bible allows faith, to be examined by testing all spirits. We spend time to study the scriptures and understand what it means to the first recipient and what it means to us. By this principle, our discussion today will be mostly based on faith, but faith examined in the light of scripture. We will try our best not to impose our presuppositions and biases on the text. We will do our best to allow the scripture speak for itself. Where we are tempted to impose our presuppositions and bias, we will do it as a suggestion or recommendation and not a concession or a command from God. Everybody, I hope you you agree with me. Yes, no. I do. All right, I mean, so, so without without um, further ado or much ado, I mean, from a biblical perspective, what is tithing? tithing from a biblical perspective.
1: Okay, tithing has to do with uh, the believer giving a tenth of his uh, income usually uh, at the end of the year Mm. to the Lord. Okay. Yes. And the history, actually, um, it it has a kind of history, Mm. which in order for us to have a good discussion, we'll have to touch on the history. Okay. Uh, I think the first account of Titan has to do with Abraham. After he returned from war and he met Melchizedek, and give him a tenth of the spoils of the war. Later we see Jacob, Abraham's grandson, traveling to his uh, uncle's Laban's place and praying to God that, if you bless me and prosper me, then whatever I get, I'll give a tenth to you. And so this sort of lays the foundation for the tithe. But we see the tithe integrated in the law of Moses so that now it becomes a standard religious practice for the community of faith for the children of Israel where at the end of every year the people of Israel will give a tenth of their income or their farm produce or whatever the income to the service of the Lord. so this serve the foundation of the tithe okay. Where people who belong to the community of faith give a tenth of their income
0: to the service of the Lord. Alright. So basically that's that's what tithing is. Yes. Tithe is. Yes. Okay. I mean, um, you, um if I, I'm sure you, you should you should be familiar with this. There are so many denominational biases right. surrounding the issue of tithing. And there are so many proponents who have argued for tithing, sought to defend the tithing system. But most of these defenses have been from denominational biases and presuppositions and not from, um, if I would say, maybe theological, esengetical principles based on, on the text. They read their meanings into it. So from your place as a theologian. Right. What is the purpose of the tithe?
1: Okay, so the tithe has now become a part of the law of Moses and the children of Israel are commanded to give the tithe the Lord. Now, the purpose of the tithe, if you read Deuteronomy 25 and 26, um, it was supposed to take care of the widows. First of all, the Levites, you know, the Levites, they did not get any land yeah. when the children of Israel uh, took the promised land. They lived in cities among their brethren. So, and they served as their priests. So, their brothers were supposed to take care of them. So the tithe, first of all, took care of the Levites and those engaged in priestly duties. Mm. And then also it was supposed to cater for the widows, the strangers who dwelt among them. Now don't forget, the strangers also didn't own land. Mm. They could only be laborers and so on and so forth. And such people were likely to fall into hardships Mm. and difficulties. So the tithe was supposed to take care of the Levites widows, the fatherless, and the strangers. In effect, it was supposed to serve as a form of a social safety net so that the community of faith, once God has blessed them, um, the haves could support the have-nots so that nobody in the nation Israel should go to bed on an empty stomach when God had blessed the nation so much with the abundance that the people had brought in. So, essentially, the tithe was supposed to be
0: a social safety net for the community of believers. A social safety net. Yes. Interesting, interesting. But was it obligatory?
1: Yes, it is.
0: It was. And
1: in my opinion, it still is. Mm -hmm. And the basis for which i say it still is because is you see one can argue that well that was under the law yes and under the new testament we didn't see any of the apostles teaching titan and we didn't see jesus teaching titan certainly yeah but then how does it become relevant under the new testament uh, what we need to uh, realize is that uh In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, Mm. but to fulfill it. And when you go into church history, there's a very profound statement that uh, Martin Luther, the leader of the protestant movement, 16th century protestant movement made, in relation to how to look at the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament, that for me becomes relevant to this discussion. Now what did he say? He said that everything that was good, Under the Old Testament is still relevant to our faith work with God, even Mm. though we are in the New Testament. Everything that is good Mm. is still good. Mm. If that is the case, then we need to look at the law and try to find out under what category we are going to put titan. Now you know that the law essentially is made up of three components the moral law the ceremonial laws and the civic laws the moral law has to do with that which is good and that which is bad and the people of faith being encouraged to pursue that which is good the ceremonial laws has to do with the children of Israel it was like that Customs and traditions, mm. and their festivals, so Feast of Trumpets, Passover, Atonement, and so on. these are laws that were specific to Israel. Okay. They celebrated their coming out of bondage in Egypt. It's specific to Israel. Then you have the the civic laws, uh, a person's responsibility towards the Jewish state responsibilities towards the temple, and so on and so forth, they all come under the civic law. So the civic laws and the ceremonial laws were specific to Israel. Okay. But the moral law had universal application. That shall not steal. It's universal. Mm-hmm. That shall not uh, commit adultery. It's universal. Okay. So the titan, because in my opinion, it served a good purpose taking care of the poor within the society Mm -hmm. a social responsibility which was a good thing for me it's still relevant even and and, even though we have transitioned from the whole nation into the church age yes within the community of faith which is the church Mm -hmm. we still have people who fall within this category of widows uh, strangers are hostless, people who have traveled from rural areas to <laughs> the cities yes and are now trying to find their feet they are trying to get some work to do and they've come to the house of God to seek refuge mm-hmm. they become part of the community of believers you know how do they survive so that the time becomes relevant when it takes in, into consideration all these vulnerable people within the church it is in the light of these vulnerable people in the church that the tithe
0: becomes relevant in our contemporary Christianity. So in this case you are putting the tithing under yes. the moral law? Yes, in my opinion it falls
1: strictly under the moral, the moral law. law. It's a good thing, mm. and like Luther said, every good thing under the law
0: is still relevant yeah, the, under the grace. That, that, that's, that, that's an interesting, an interesting perspective. I mean, some, some argue that um, uh, I, I, saw, I saw I saw that on YouTube, and among some scholars, they argue that uh, the tithe was primarily not in money, but was in food. And that argument they made it based on the fact that God's word can, should not be changed. If God has given a the law, then the law should be followed strictly. So they are saying that God has given a law, and the law is on tithe to a certain people, and the law was so that there may be Malachi three ten said that so there will be food. In my house, in the food in the storehouse, so they look at it from the perspective that it is food. Then they say that God made a um, God made a command that when if you think your house is far from the the temple, then you can exchange it into money. Okay, so primarily they argue that it is food. Now when we come to our setting on the basis that God's word should not be changed, should not be added to, and should not be subtracted from, how do we balance or so how, how, how is this be, that, does this become relevant in our contemporary Christianity, Foods or money? Yeah, you see, when we are doing interpretation, mm-hmm.
1: uh, one of the things that interpretation uh, abhors is absurdity. Mm-hmm. When you are interpre- interpreting scripture or any literary text, one of the things to avoid is absurdity you have to realize that this law uh, in the early stages among ancient israel was in operation among an agrarian economy okay they were farmers basically okay. and shepherds they lead pastoral life mm. you see so that was what they were reaping mm. as their ink for which reason they were going to give a um, the world has changed in many ways. Yeah. We are people who are uh, theologians like myself, uh, medical doctors, uh, computer engineers, market women, businessmen, and so on and so forth. Uh, you cannot say that uh, yeah, they should bring food, they should bring food yeah, because that is not what they are trading in. Mm-hmm. You see, so uh, a lot of people also earn salaries, mm-hmm. which is in cash so the rational thing is to give what you believe is your income the 10th of it mm-hmm. to 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 the work of
0: god okay in obedience to the commandment of god in obedience to the commandments of god yes specifically we're talking about the moral yes moral law. yes okay. but another argument that they they post it is that they ask the question is tithing the 10 percent of your income or your increase they make the argument that the ancient Israel, the command was to come from their increase, and it's supposed to be an annual, an annual thing. But in our contemporary Christianity, it's a tenth of your income. Oh, I think uh, that should not be a problem. So they are arguing it is from your income or your increase. Uh,
1: that should not be a problem at all, uh, whichever way you look at it. If it is a monthly income. Or an annual income. income. Whichever way you look at it, it's a tenth of it Mm. that you are giving. You see, you are giving it also in appreciation Mm. of what God has done for you. In appreciation of what God has done for you. You see, you you, you could have been in the position of that brother, or that sister, or that widow, or that stranger, or that hustler. But God, in His grace, did did not put you there. So you are giving it in appreciation of what God has done for you. Mm. And you are giving it also, looking at the circumstances of the vulnerable
0: and your attempt to alleviate mm. their hardships and their suffering. Your attempt to alleviate, to lessen the burden of hardship on them. Yes, mm. which is
1: in obedience to the commandment of God. Mm. You see, so whether it's you are giving it on a monthly basis or on annual basis, Uh, For me, it doesn't really matter. The important thing is that whatever you have earned, Mm. you set aside that portion which you are giving in appreciation of what God has done for you. Mm.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I nearly said hallelujah, but Mm. really they are not preaching. preaching. (laughs) Interesting. In fact, if
1: you look at the history of Mm. Abraham, when he gave the tithes, you look at Jacob, you see that they gave it in appreciation Mm. of what God had done for them. So we give the tithe in appreciation of the grace that we have enjoyed under the umbrella of God mm. such that we have been able to earn something. People like us, mm. they cut their net and they caught nothing. Mm. At the end of the year, some people have made losses. But you have made some income. So you
0: are showing a precision to God. So it doesn't matter whether it's from your income or your increase. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And so, 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 based on that, based on the idea that tithing, in your opinion, yeah. can be categorized into the moral law. Yes, okay. it, falls under the moral. it falls under the moral law. So, to what extent is tithing applicable to the New Testament Christian? Is it in its entirety or a certain system, the principle? Is it in principle or the entire tithing structure? Because the tithing structure of the Israels, Israelites, the ancient Israel, was really, really complicated and complex. So if the church says we are tithing now, some argue that then we should tithe like that with the Israelites tithe, in which um, a certain portion of the tithe was used to buy wine, alcoholic wine. So then we should let some of the church members also enjoy their tithe. When in a certain year, the tithe was enjoyed. You buy something you enjoy with your family. But So if, if we are arguing and we're using Malachi 3.10 and we say do not rob." God, we are robbing God and we use that pedagogical approach on the members, yet to what extent is typing applicable or binding on the New Testament Christian who is under grace and where the principle of giving now is out of joy, out of the abundance that God has blessed you with?
1: Yeah, yeah that's a good question. You see, I personally think that the 10% is perhaps the minimum that the New Testament believer could even give mm. in appreciation to what God has done. I think is the minimum. So that um, the believer is not limited to only 10%. Mm. You see? And uh, when it comes to the church setting, I think that the joy in finding out that uh, your contribution has changed a very vulnerable person's circumstances and has placed him or her in a secure place, in itself, should bring some fulfillment into our lives. And the kind of fulfillment, the joy, like having uh, taken the wine, you know, the joy that comes with uh, it, uh, having to swallow some wine. Yes. It, 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 it's like when you have done good mm. to somebody and that person expresses so much appreciation. God and to you the joy is almost the same so when we have given our tithes to the church I believe that the tithe must serve its purpose okay by taking care of the ministers and then also taking care of the vulnerable amongst our congregation Mm. When that is done, then I believe that the task
0: and the purpose of the tithe has been fulfilled. So, mean that the purpose of the tithe in the old covenant has not changed. Under I, the new I, I told you that whatever is
1: good mm-hmm. under the old testament is, the is still good in the new <laughs> testament. <laughs> so, if the purpose mm. was to alleviate the suffering. Of members of the community of faith, then it was a good thing. Mm. It should serve the same function. No, 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 no. The tithe is not for church building that's, The tithe yeah, that comes into the house of God or the church today, that is not the money to be used for putting up auditorium and church projects. When we do that, we have missed it if you recall the building of the temple the first temple david asked the children of israel apart from his private uh, what do you call the provisions that he made he also asked the children of israel to give freely yeah. and willingly towards the building of the temple of god and the children of israel gave freely yeah. and willingly for the building that is completely different from the tithe. as for the tithe, the purpose has been clearly specified. It is to take care of the ministers of the work of God and the vulnerable in the community of faith. That one is not negotiable,
0: unfortunately for us. So we've missed it. Unfortunately for
1: us. And then there's a scripture I was trying to locate, either in the book of Tobit or Judith. Which is one of the apocryphal uh, materials, but it's there in the Bible, in the Jerusalem Bible. The giving of the tithe um, was done in a very transparent manner. In some instances, it was given at the city center, okay, where everybody brings his tithe, and then the priests and the Levites will be giving their portion after all has come in, and then the vulnerable and the, yes, they also come and take their portion openly. Wow. Yes, that's the practice. I was trying to uh, fish out the scripture uh, for you, but uh, time constraints. But it's there. It was done openly, transparently, with accountability. Nothing was done under wraps. It was clear. So whatever will go to the Levites goes to them. Whatever goes to the priest goes to them. Whatever goes to the widows and the poor and the strangers, it goes to them clean and transparent no problems at all mm. so that you see the people themselves will give gladly once they saw transparency, transparency they saw accountability they saw the type that we're giving going to serve the purpose for which it was established mm. they did it gladly
0: unfortunately for us mm. unfortunately for us so indeed the act the tightening itself is not a problem that is not the problem. So it's the issue surrounding it. That is the where step. the problem, mm, that, you know, has... has I was, I was, I was watching a video this morning, and there was one American pastor. I, I, I'm tempted to mention this, thing, but I will hold it. Yes. And he made a statement. He said that if you fail to tithe, you attract demons. That's one. Another one said that if you do not tithe, you go to hell. That's a wild claim that he made. So that means that he's tying tithing too salvation as one of the elements and one of the requirements of being saved is to tithe there have been so many issues around the way tithing is preached and the way it starts in our churches and malachi three ten, when I mean from 8 to 10 has been preached in such a way that it kind of enslaves the mind of the listener or it coerces you it's like to manipulate you a psychological scheme that is supposed to force your hand and force your pocket I don't know how best how best to put to, to put it. Alright. Okay. What is your I mean as a, as a theologian, how in a, pastor. See, in a pastor, in a Roman pastor for over 25 years. Yes. How would you explain Malachi 310? Okay. How do you interpret it? Okay.
1: You see, there was a time when Saul was pursuing David mm. and he went into one of the uh, the, the houses of the Lord and met the priest and they had been running away for almost three days or more and they were hungry and they wanted something to eat and the priest told him that well we have the show bread if you people have kept yourself from women then you can eat it He so said, for the three days we are running away we don't have time for such pleasures they said okay then you can eat it you see this is one example of so that there may be food in the house of god the house of god
0: is the last refuge mm. for everybody that the world has rejected can you can you can you take that side again the house of god is a refuge the last that's the what last. the scripture says mm. the name of the lord the, the song
1: now the righteous run into and it they safe. and they are safe mm. the church of god is the refuge the last refuge mm. on earth so that anybody having gone through any manner of frustration in life when you go into the house of god you must find some refuge you must find some succor so that when people are going through the challenges and the frustrations of life when they go to the house of god god must make a way for them some way somehow for as long as they belong to the community of believers that's the last resort
0: for as long as it belongs to the community of believers yes they
1: belong to that church because of denomination let's yeah. say that particular church Our contemporary situation yes you see so the person is a member of this church he has been part of us and or he is a part of us Whether he joined us as a vulnerable person or he joined us as a well-to-do person or he joined us as a beginner and now has become well-to-do. And any of these uh, three categories of people should find himself in a situation of want. When he comes to the house of God, there should be some relief for him. And I believe that that is the purpose of which the Lord will see, that there may be food in my house. Mm. The purpose of the resources coming into the house of God is not for the consumption of the priests alone, but for the people of God who find themselves in hardships. Mm. That's, that's, that's interesting. You see, so the, the tithing, like you said from the beginning, mm. is not the problem, but the purpose okay. for which it was instituted. And I believe that if we are fulfilling the purpose for which it was instituted, it will not be a problem for people
0: to give. People will give willingly and gladly. Mm. Unfortunately but, for us. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But how would you describe the um, the the, the way Titans preach and taught? I mean, the homiletical and pedagogical status of contemporary Christianity. Christi. Oh, how would you describe it in one, one way? How would you describe it in one way? Inadequate. Inadequate.
1: Yes. Okay sufficient yes it's only one side of it that has Mm. been taught the need for people to give but we haven't taught the believers or the church about the purpose for which we are collecting so we emphasize on the need to give yes all the arguments and the people you cited yeah yeah. we're arguing from the position of the need Mm. for the tithe to be given Mm. i haven't heard anybody talking about the purpose for which we are asking you to bring the tithe into the house of god Mm. i haven't heard that one and for me, that is the most important aspect. And that is missing, yes, the purpose. Hmm. I said it somewhere along our conversation, that the tithe is not for church building. Hmm. And the tithe is not the pastor's personal money. Hmm. That is not what the scripture says. And that is not how the children of Israel practice it. You see, usually when you read the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, and then you see a theory, let me call it a theory, or a principle being promulgated, then you have to go to the children of Israel and find out how did they put it into practice? How did they live with it? That is why I was looking for that scripture in Judith, so that you could see that the people come at a certain time of the year to the center of the city or their community, and everybody brings a star. And then distribution will be made openly and transparently. We, we are not prioritizing that yeah, That's accountability and transparency. That's where the problem is. Mm. So, people have all manner of ideas. That, well, you oh, we get this tight. well, it goes to somebody's pocket. Mm. It goes here, well, we don't know what the money is used for, and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, we, the pastors too, have not been forthcoming in, to, in, in clarifying
0: yeah. some
1: of these you know, uh, mm. undercurrent concerns of the church members.
0: It's unfortunate. it's unfortunate. It's
1: unfortunate. But I can tell you that some churches are doing very well mm. as far as the Titan is concerned. They put the monies they collect, the resources they collect into programs okay, that actually take care of the vulnerable in not only their churches but in society yeah. in general. I can cite the example of the Roman Catholics. I'm a Pentecostal, but you see, I'm praising the Roman Catholics. Roman Catholics and then the Methodists. I know of the Methodists. I also know of the Presbyterians. They have invested so much into healthcare in Ghana. Yes, all over the country. You have Roman Catholic Mission Hospitals. You have uh, Methodist Mission Hospitals. You have Mm -hmm. Presbyterian hospitals. And one interesting aspect of these Mission Hospitals is that they also have a program called Sick but Poor. Okay. So, if you are sick, you can walk into any of their hospitals and you don't have money in your pocket. You tell them that, look, I am sick but I'm poor. They will take care of you to the day you recover fully. And you have evidence of this? Come on, I've done a study on that. Wow. I've interviewed them. I've gone to their head offices and I've spoken to them on their social ministries. Once you, you let them know that, look, I'm sick, but I don't have the money, they are going to take full care of you and feed you throughout your stay in the hospital. And on the day of your discharge, they are going to give you transportation money to go back to where you came from. Wow. Wow. So you will realize that in some of these mission churches, mission founded churches, the question of tithe is not, 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 not the problem. They don't hammer, they don't. Spend so much time trying to convince their members what they need to be there because the members themselves they know mm. what these tithes do for them.
0: Mm. So the purpose of the tithe. And on, on on that issue of the purpose of the tithe, I would like us to emphasize hit uh, hit on it a little bit because there have been that you hear it a lot in the way it is preached and the way it is taught that, and the emphasis on the latter part of Malachi where he says that so, um, and see if the Lord will not open the heavens. And poor
1: Certainly,
0: out for you. you see, certainly. And that is emphasized as the purpose
1: of the tithe. Oh, that, you see, that is the, uh, looking at it only from a narrow perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a certain sense, even becomes looking at it from a selfish yes. perspective. And it becomes transactional. Uh-huh. But that is limited. We have to look at a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. The purpose for which, look, let me tell you something. You remember the parable of the talents? Yes. You see that the master traveling, he gave some five, some one. two, and one. Every one of us, according to his ability, is the same with the people of God. There are some people, if you put them in business, no matter the amount of money you give them, they will fail. There are some people too, the little you give them, they will multiply it. It is abilities that God has given to us on an individual basis. So when people become blessed and they are giving to support the work of God, I don't think that the problem is necessarily to get more blessing. But they are also going to find joy in knowing that uh, the grace that God has given me, such that I'm able to make money in my business, my brother doesn't have it. You notice that scripture also talks about the fact that it is those who are poor who are rich in faith mm-hmm. and those who are rich in faith are the ones who spend more time in prayer whereas the business will make more money, they don't have time for prayer yes certainly. so when he is giving in the church he is giving knowing that there's an ability he has which the other brother doesn't have The other brother also has a certain spiritual ability that he also doesn't have. Wow. So that the pastor or the church stands in between these two categories of people. Mm. He is supposed to ensure that the prayers from those who are spiritual travel to those who don't have time for prayer. Mm. And those who are also making the money, when they bring some of the resources to the church, travels to take care of the needs of those who don't have the ability
0: Wow. to make their
1: financial breakthroughs.
0: That's a picture of love and equity. Thank you. That is what mm. it is supposed to be. Wow.
1: Because we are one body. Mm. And the scripture says, when one part suffers, yeah. it affects the whole body. But is the church alleviating the suffering of those brothers and sisters who are in such situation? Are we doing that mm. by ensuring that the resources that people give us tight? go to alleviate the suffering of those who don't have. Are we doing that? If we are doing that, then people who, people will not ask questions. Look, let's look at a situation where uh, we are giving offering in the church towards a certain project. Even people who uh, don't consider themselves rich or well-to-do, for as long as the project is laudable, you see everybody yeah. gladly yeah. giving so that if we have taught the church on the purpose of the tithe i don't think we will sweat mm. for people to come and give their tithe people will
0: gladly and willingly give in obedience to the commandment of god so briefly briefly what what pedagogical approach would you recommend or homiletically? i mean how should it be taught and how should it be preached well i think
1: that uh, the teaching of tithe should be balanced by balance, you mean? Yes, yes. Well, by balance, I mean that uh, it should not only be limited to uh, God blessing us because we gave the tithe. We should also look at our brothers who don't have, our brothers and sisters, who may not have the same talents mm-hmm. that God has given us by which we are able to, you know, make uh, profit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jesus says something. He said, as for the poor, you always have the booty. Yeah. You see, in a sense, it means that People's abilities to make money are not the same. And people, some people become rich, some people will struggle. But the poor are with you because the things that you must do in order to alleviate their poverty, you are not doing it. Mm. That is another problem. In a sense. Yes. There are things that we can do to alleviate their poverty, which we are not doing. And that's the reason why you are going to have the poor with you always. So
0: even your wealth is a responsibility. Yes. Gives you a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, like, what, will be your, what will be your last words to the person who is confused about tithing and then to the church who, whose um, pedagogical and approach is inadequate? Okay, for me, uh,
1: the person who is uh, uncertain about the tithe, I will encourage. That individual, or whoever that person may be, to give the tithe. I also challenge the church to fulfill the purpose for which the tithe was instituted. We must fulfill it by taking care of the vulnerable in our midst the church, the tithe should serve its purpose of being social security or safety net, safety net. social safety net, yeah, social safety net for the body of Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Once we are able to do that, I don't think we will struggle to get people to give their tithe. Wow, I mean, this, this, this has been so insightful for Revelation. All right, so there you have it um, from Reverend Eshon, the Dean, Acting Dean of the School of Theological Studies at the Dominion University College Spintex inside the Action Chapel International. Perhaps we should start focusing on the purpose of tithing and try to move away a little bit from the emphasis on the rewards of tithing. Thank you for sticking and staying with us. And we are always thrilled to have you listen to this podcast. We do this for your sake and for our sake thank you so much for sticking stay you mean for if you have any questions that you want us to clarify or answer or reverend to give his attention to you can send it to beyondreligion.radio at gmail.com beyondreligion.radio at gmail.com or you can also send it to my personal email parity at gmail.com parity is p-a-r-d-i-t-e-y P-A-R-B-I-T-E-Y, Solomon at gmail.com. We'll be happy to hear from you. You can also follow us and subscribe to our um, podcast channels on all major podcasting um, platforms. Uh, We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and we are also on Alexa. We are on Spotify, on Anchor, uh, and all the major podcasting platforms that you know of. Give us a follow. Follow us on Instagram at Solomon Padite. Follow us on Facebook too, and let's connect. All right, let's let's interact. Thank you for sticking stay. We love you, and as always, we'll meet another time. Thank you.